0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Laguna Niguel, California, with a very special guest by the name of Alexander Klatt. Hey, Alex, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: Hi, Mark. I'm ready to release the clutch. Let's
0: go. We're going to have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, would you share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you?
1: You know what's crazy? And I'm a car nut forever. And people know about it. A lot of people know about it. But what they don't know is that I own a beautiful replica of a Porsche 550 Spider, which is so special. And I have a lot of fun with it. So that's that's my secret.
0: Well, I'll tell you something. For listeners out there, uh, Alex and I connected before we connected today, and he sent me a picture of that car. And my regular listeners know that I had a Beck Spider. So Alex and I got to share that experience. And I tell you, there's no better place to have one of those cars than where you live. You're just a a few blocks away from my mom and my sister down there. So I'm very jealous because when I had one up here, I couldn't drive it very much because it had no top and it rained so much. But your car is cool. Now, mine was a Beck Spider. Who built your car?
1: Mine is a vintage Spider, yep. also out of L.A.
0: Yep, aware of them. I've been to their facility. Yeah, they do a, a really nice build. Now yours is black with red interior, right?
1: Yes, and and I tell you, you know, I loved the 550 for a long time. I I, I set the first in my first one in Germany on a car show, and I fell in love how low it sits to the ground, mm-hmm. like a Donka Ford or Super Seven. But other than the Super Seven. It has a beautiful body, and uh, I I just love to just climb, without opening the doors, just climb from the top into it.
0: (laughs) The Batman entrance. Right, but
1: for me, it was so, you know, the 550 spider has such a strong identity to be silver or light metallic blue or something like this, or even white, and when I I saw the black one online with a red interior, I was thrown off. This is not a 550, you know, I, I just... Saw this little darling and it made in a tenth of a second click in my heart and <laughs> yeah. I couldn't I couldn't forget her anymore. And so there you go. (laughs) Well, I tell you,
0: being a designer uh, and myself as well, those cars have always had a special place in my heart. That's why I like the the Porsche Cayman. To me, the Cayman, even the Boxster, has a bit of that Mm -hmm. 550 heritage about it. Oh, yeah. I love the 911. I've had lots of 911s, but I've always thought, you know, I'd like to have a Cayman someday. I I think... Mm has a lot of the same feel, so I think we're going to get along very well today. Let me give you a proper introduction. Alexander (laughs) Klatt is the Chief Creative Officer at Automobili Extrema. He's an automotive designer whose expertise lies in understanding the holistic creation process of a new vehicle, from exploration to conception to 3D modeling and surfacing For tooling. Alexander is part of the team at Automobilia Strima, a new player in the high-end electric vehicle arena. The brand represents the perfect blend of extremely different elements, innovation, and revolutionary technologies with beautiful Italian styling and craftsmanship. His career includes time with Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Fisker, and chair at the Graduate Study Program for Transportation Design at the College of Creative Studies in Detroit, and at his own consulting firm focused on building brand, And style identity. We'll be back in just a minute, so keep the seatbelts on. But first, a word from our valued sponsors, so sit tight and we'll be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior, For maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles, and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, their premiere Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts, too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right. 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collector's Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure? Your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles if you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts. Since 1976, they provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866 aci Yeah, That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Raines here at Cars Yeah, American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collector's Insurance. All right, Alex, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner. I'd love for you first to walk us through a little bit of your background, your work with all these different marks, what you've been doing, and then we're going to fold that into this new hypercar titled the Fulminia, if my Italian needs to improve here. Uh, and uh, as our regular listeners know, I not so long ago had Franco Pizzuto, uh, This, and I'm going to be having Roberto Olivo, uh, all part of your team on the show here. But I want to hear your perspective of what you're doing. But let's take a first a little walk through your past, your history as a designer.
1: Okay, cool. It started back in Germany. I was born and raised in Germany. And there was all the time without the computer when I was looking for what do I want to do in my life. And uh, I was very hands-on growing through my teenage years, building radio-controlled models. And I was drawing cars and airplanes off of certain magazines. And so I think I trained my hands, I trained my eyes to my hand, drawing what I would like to see, and then started drawing things and inventing things and building things in small scale and tried it out with my radio control. So I was... Was a crazy time. And then my mom always said like, you, you are the, you are the classical engineer. And so I had no really clear idea. Do I need to become a mechanic or an engineer? And of course, as you know, parents want you to be the best in what you do. So I studied automotive engineering or mechanical engineering with a specific angle of automotive engineering in Munich. And when I was kind of like in the middle of my studies, I discovered on the same campus, there's something called industrial design. And spent more and more time figuring out what the guys are doing, talking to the adjuncts there, the professors, the students, and ask for what materials, what pencils, like what are they using? Then I saw they made like foam models and clay models, and I was so excited to shape and create. And actually told my parents, you know, guys, I, I, I really found what I would like to do, which is industrial design. And they said, no, 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 not so fast. <laughs> you know, like, don't become an artist, like ending up right. on a marketplace yeah. doing portraits for tourists. And I said, like, what? <laughs> no. They don't do portraits. How <laughs> design
0: do cars? cars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyways, I said, all right, I get it. And, and I really like the engineering study. So, So I said, all right, so let me do both. And uh, so I finished my engineering studies and and in parallel, I studied styling and design for myself with the individuals I met there. But also I started reading books because at the time there was no Internet jumping on like, you know, how to design a car or stuff. And so I found books and I found books about creativity and I read books about the psychology of perception, you know, and and, and I, I think I drilled deeper than in any other aspect I've seen at Art Center or at the College for Creative Studies, what the students get taught in terms of theory and how we as human beings really get affected by our perception with all our senses, not just the visual one. And and so cars, as we all know, have one of the components which is so sensational, which is the sound, you know, and the the big challenge right now for the electric cars, like there is not a lot of sound. So how can I, how, how, how can that be a sensation? So and and that's part of what we're going to invent or continue to, to invent with Franco for automobile estrema because we both did this at Karma Automotive to create the first car sound of an electric vehicle. And I'm not sure if you have ever heard it or if Franco, you know, sent you a sound file, but it's quite distinct when you walk on the street and the Karma goes by slower. Yes. You hear like, what is this? The idea at back in the days was we wanted to create the future sound of how is the future sounding and i i drift off right now so let me come back i finished up my studies my self-study i think never never stopped i think i do it today reading about design theory and artists and and such but i want to get going and uh i wanted to work in italy and it's so funny that i now <laughs> in my higher age you know connect. Back to Italy and, and very, very impactful. So, but I had interviews with Giugiaro and Lucio Bertone and, and, and and with Steel and met Chris Bangle the first time, Pininfarina, Mr. Ramachati, and, and my dad helped me. My dad spoke Italian, so he brought me there. He built the bridges, but they all couldn't really figure out what I wanted. To do and i said well i see it as i i'm an engineer and i'm a designer stylist i have this both and they said, like well if we needed an engineer we hire an engineer if we need a stylist or designer we, we hire a designer stylist you're both so you know and, and they saw it as this is 50 50 and i said "No, it's 100 100 and they it's like you know what and and georgette dujara he told me you know what alex i think You should go to one of the big OEMs and figure out what you want there and then come back, what you decided, and then we can talk. And so I went back to Germany, was a little disappointed. I, I, you know, sent out resumes and applied for jobs through the whole German auto industry. And it must have been either... Me or my skill or my mix, I got all, uh, letters back saying like, well, we don't have a job right now and no, all no, 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 of this. And so, you know, so like, huh, what shall I do? And fortunately, my mom found in the newspaper an article about a master's, like a post study, post graduate study at Fort in Germany in the design school and she said, like, why wouldn't you call them? Why wouldn't you go there? Check it out what that is. Maybe if two-year engineer, maybe this is the right thing. Now we get it. You really want to go this route? Go. So I went there and met by chance before the interview. They had an interview scheduled for me. Mr. Galitzendorfer from Mercedes. He was like a high-ranked Mercedes design uh, director. And he said, can I see your portfolio? What are you doing here? And I said, like, well, I want to blah, blah, blah. And he said, he looked through my studies, like, you don't need to come to that school. <laughs> you come to Mercedes, and as it is, the only the only brand I didn't apply for was Mercedes because for me they were like on a pedestal. I couldn't see myself as as young rookie working for Mercedes it was just too far out of my box. And he says, "No, no, 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 no. You, you come by when you drive home today to Munich. You just stop by." And I wow. said, "Really?" So I stopped. <laughs> And, and, and it was like it was exactly right. so so I called him on my way back, and I, I didn't pick up, but he also gave me a business card he had from a, a department in the design division, which called design measure conception uh, you know translate mass conception and it was ultimately packaging dimensional packaging in the design, but also a lot of mm-hmm. engineers studio engineers in there and so that was the first time I heard about the term or the profession of studio engineer like an engineer in the design studio helping both sides the engineering world you know like almost like a a dolmetter uh, translating the language of engineers to designers and and vice versa
0: well there's always this conflict between those two i mean they're always pushing and pulling each other
1: oh totally and and so here's the funny thing so i'm in you know my adidas sport shoes jeans t-shirt on coming driving through Sindelfing and back home and I thought like, you know, as a student, let me just stop here and, and make a phone call from here and I call Mr. Yambo, and he picks up and I said, Well, you know, I met blah 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 and I wanted to schedule an appointment, uh, to come back here and he's like, Where are you? Well, I I'm here in Sindelfing he's like, No, you come by right away And I said, Really? <laughs> wow. And I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. So anyways, I don't want to talk too long about it. But I went there, he said, Oh my God Finally, someone who has a a, a real skill set and talent in design and has an engineering education. He was the father of, you know, the W111 world record car Nardo, Nardot, yeah. you know, on a yambor and, and, and he was we just talking cars and cool. we got so excited. And I forgot that I'm in and t-shirt and (laughs) (laughs) he was like all dressed up and i i thought oh my god the guy is so cool so that was the the moment where mercedes turned into something inspiring to me you know like not in the way that it wasn't inspiring but it was on a pedestal and, and and i didn't have a connection so that was awesome for me and uh so i had i i honestly Tell you, two weeks later, I found in the mail um, a contract for me to sign, and I started there. Four weeks later, was just at the start of '89. Move wow. to Thing was great. Was a studio engineer for the advanced designers. He said, you, you, you have so much visionary thinking. I want you to support the advanced designers in Mercedes. And that was cool. Did this create my first patent. Uh, Mercedes at the time, I'm not sure potentially it's still the same, but Mercedes was very keen on writing a patent about every new idea which came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody was writing patents and I learned how to write a patent and do the drawings for it and, and talking to lawyers and it was awesome. That Patent was brought into production with the CLK or the first E class convertible because it was a rollover protection for the rear seats. Uh, And and they kept it in production for all CLKs for three generations. So I made every year a good four to five thousand bucks as uh, side (laughs) income while I was at BMW and moved on even when I was in California. I still got a check, but cool. Yeah. Uh, and so I realized it is relevant to to not just have an idea,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but also make make something out of it.
0: It's fascinating. Well, let's fast forward into the Fulminia, which yes. is this incredible hypercar you guys are building at Estrema. Uh, tell us a little bit about your perception of what this vehicle is.
1: Yeah, the, and when you say perception, I, I see it the other way around because I created it. So mm. so the. Per- perception for you as the audience is eventually a beautiful automobile it looks fast it looks Italian and that's exactly the intention what we wanted to achieve with this but what we put into it was more based on the experience I collected during my BMW days and this is the brand aspect you remember the the BMW days where so I was in the design department I was a designer for BMW and I I really researched into the the heritage of what BMW style was at the time, it was before, and what made BMW so elegant automobiles inside out. And when BMW acquired the mini brand and then the Rolls Royce brand, it was a challenge for us to not create small BMWs as minis or large BMWs as Rolls Royces. It was the working together with brands specialists in BMW, which were very special, and to research out and to write out and to define the brand values, as the main purpose of that brand and the values for the people who are either owners or fans of that brand. And and so I realized that with a certain brand identity comes a certain style identity, and we often don't... I mean, sometimes it's for me, it's so obvious, but sometimes when I start talking about it, it's like... It's like yeah, you're right. So let's just Porsche or automobile Streamer. So if you know about it, like like I just learned about it, how to do it. It is quite wonderful to fill a white piece of paper, and that's what I did with with Franco because I know him. He was the first in, investor into Karma Automotive, and we met at every event event, and, and so we always talked. And he speaks good German, so I kept up with my German living in California. And when he called me last fall and he said, Alex, I want to I, I, wanna get going. And I said, I want to create this brand. I want to found this. And, you know, and we're looking for the name and stuff. Like, I, w- I want to brainstorm with you. I want to get going. And, and I said, like, man, God, Franco, this is such a beautiful opportunity for me to fill a white, of together, yeah. fill a white piece of paper to find the right name, Estrema, because different names. And there was Fulminia at the very beginning of Lightning Fast. So there was so much brainstorming in a holistic way of what technology could come in, what is available, and what do we want to do? A laboratory of technology, but an Italian brand. So, so everything I learned about a brand identity is if you set it up, at the, you can set it up at the very beginning, but what you have to do is you have to base it on very authentic qualities or values and if you if you find a way to communicate those in a very clear way so that everybody understands it and that it doesn't you know it's not too complicated for people to understand or too sophisticated if it's clearly to understand then just be consistent with that whatever you do and you will automatically create and build a strong brand and that's what we started so frank just Said he, he trusts me blindly with my design. He he saw me creating. He saw me executing. He saw me leading the team to success. And and so he said, like Alex, I want you to take this leadership on. Uh, and I I proposed, so Franco, I I. You know, I'm a German. I live in California. This is a very odd, authentic reality to right. create an Italian, authentic Italian automobile. And so I want to work with Italian designers on this, car designers, but I want extreme, you know, we, we, we geared around something really extreme to do. So we were looking for concept artists, you know, like Hollywood has concept artists working for movie cars mm-hmm. and and video game you know and stuff so we were looking for someone we found after design uh with luigi memola and we said like hey hey luigi can you can come up with two directions for us to play with it has to be very italian but it has to be very fast and what would you do you know and so he said oh all right. Let me do it. It will be fun. He came up with two directions. He involved another designer, Alessandro Fini, he knew. And so, you know, design is always important to have two poles, like, like one pole in this direction, one pole in that. And in the meantime, while they were working, we were like honing in into the name of the brand and what the first hypercar you know, the the top-of-the-line supercar name could be. And so we came up with that. uh, Or I think Franco said, like, you know, I want to call it Estrema because, you know how it is, very tangible. I have to create an LLC at some point. I have to write down what the name of that LLC is. And so one morning he said, like, I found it. It is Automobile Estrema. And I said, if it's Estrema, we pick the direction number two, you know, because it was kind of like we had always those those web conferences together with the whole team. And I said, if that's it, just both were strong directions but the one was really a stream. And, and between us the direction we chose was so raw like a batmobile like an italian batmobile it, it it had it had so much it had so much potential to go somewhere to become an automobile and and i enjoyed it and then from then on we worked over several months this in real automobile with the quality of automotive surfacing and all the detailing. The lightning bolt became the main theme because Mm -hmm. of lightning speed and the Mm -hmm. electric lightning bolt. We put it into the logo. We had help uh, from another automotive Italian designer, David Edessi, who helped us with the logo and the badge work and stuff. So it was just Awesome. I tell you, it was awesome. That was the best experience of my whole career.
0: Well, "estrema," Italian for extreme, typically is a feminine singular word, but it's normally meant as an adjective and it's rarely used as a noun. But I get it because cars are typically... Female. That's what we all, you know, my car is a gal, right? That kind of thing. So it kind of makes right. makes a whole lot of sense. And I think it's just absolutely stunning what you've created here. We're going to take a little short break for our sponsors, and we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll talk about maybe some challenges that you faced with this vehicle. So sit tight, and we're going to be right back. Okay. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over a hundred and thirty-three million. For charitable organizations to date, for nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online, Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and, new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Ya yeah! listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first-ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yet yeah, and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new, exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about challenges because you guys are creating something completely new radical here and i wanted to point out one thing that i noticed loving design when i look at the the initial concepts of the car and the draw is it a drawing or a picture of the car that's on the website the the blue beautiful full is is that an actual rendition of the car or is that a drawing
1: so, depending on what you look at, the, the, we always kept it blue, azuro blue, because of the Italian, you know, the Italian Azzurro color from the Azzurro, from the Savoia family. And, you know, like you see the, the athletes for Italy, they always run in that azuro blue jersey. So, we have both, uh, and actually three. So, so what happened was, during the design process, I wanted them to start using this blue paint on the vehicle uh, of of the renderings mm. because you know if if you as a designer if you we are used to use the silver because it shows more the form and the shape and any color you bring in is often disturbing because it messes around with your perception uh but at some point i wanted to when we hone in that this will be our launch you know and this is the cool thing at the very very beginning we based on our experience we know what's going to happen downstream so we can already you know in renderings or in models we can already get the right dial in the right color the paint you know what the effect's going to be and then make improvements towards that uh you know in the shape or how radical the shape need to be to so that you can even read that it's so extreme mm-hmm. an example the flat red rosso corsa from ferrari mm-hmm. you know the heritage oh, color yes. for ferrari swallows a lot of form yes it is just takes away all the sophistication of surfacing and it's fine in the you know in the Ferrari world but i wanted to find a way of how we also continue reading the sophistication of the surfacing and so for for us it became important that the blue is not just a flat blue but it is a a beautiful effect paint blue which models the surface is yeah. in every aspect, oh, yeah. from dark to bright. And so Lu- Luigi is a master in doing renderings because, think about it, his creations live in the digital video game space and everything is digital. It's all bits and bytes and how they render and what's going on there is a lot, has a lot to do with light effects and stuff. And I said, Luigi, please do re- really realistic rendering. So he gave us a lot of realistic renderings, which
0: look... It looks com completely real and one of the things i was going to note is your passion and going back to Porsches, those oz racing wheels which remind me of the 935 race cars yeah. <laughs> from back in time the way they put those big cones on the outside of the wheels to vent the air uh, out of the braking mm-hmm. and so forth I the whole thing is stunning and listeners i'm going to put links to the website you got to go and check this out the angles the forms and what he did when he rendered this i mean it looks completely real and mm-hmm. it's so stunning and all the cuts and angles and the way the paint flows over uh, uh i'm in love uh you know it's just uh let me just
1: give you let me give you one help to your question every image you see indoors yep. is real so we we had launch, uh, the launch the unveil of the real full scale prototype in the museum in Torino the car museum in Torino which was all indoor photography all indoor photography is real automobile. Nice. Everything outdoors and themed outdoors and real sunlight on it is all rendering.
0: I got you. A real well,
1: realistic rendering. The
0: crossover is fascinating. Now, I would assume when you're creating something from the white paper, as you so eloquently put it, this whole new thing is fraught with challenges. And we could talk for hours about challenges, but let's just pick one for today that really, really was a big challenge as you saw it, as you guys developed this car. What, what was that? Well, (laughs) I know there's so many, right?
1: Well, it was, and it wasn't a challenge. I think it was more maybe for the holistic team. So we, we have a small core team of an Roberto and Franco, but they are experienced about the design process to a certain level and certain degree. And then we have engineers on the team, which are, you know, on the battery system or in the total vehicle or the testing, Paul and, and Ger- Jerry and, uh, and Mark, and they're not so familiar with the design process. So I think the challenge was by us not being in one room and looking on our eighty percent nonverbal communication body yes. language.
0: Franco talked about this, yeah. Right? Yeah. That
1: that the designers I mean think about it, Italian designers, right? So so they're very emotional. Oh, they're yeah. they're loving what they're doing. And any critique point is almost that you mess with their girlfriend. Uh, yeah. And uh
0: <laughs> What <laughs> right? do you mean so she's I, not perfect? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you mean like cutting big holes in the end to exhaust heat air from the from right, the right. from the from the battery <laughs> so it was more and Franco enjoyed this how I with my leadership experience was more diplomatic of leading the stylists the designers toward implementing certain improvements, how we as a team saw important to have certain elements dialed down from this very conceptual look and feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one challenge was, and it was it was actually, it's funny, it's two, but the one was not actually a challenge. It was just messing with Luigi's girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, so, so it was somehow the, the, the crown of the front hood uh, think about the front area between cross car the between the fenders, yes, the hood was always flat it it didn't have enough crown, it didn't have enough tension for aft or cross car and I think almost in every review it became the running the running comment or the running it turned into a joke about hey don't forget about the crown in the front hood,
0: yeah, why is that not there anymore
1: well it it you know it in and I think they focused on other areas in the ah right the front uh. hood. but somehow <laughs> we felt this it wasn't really a challenge, but the challenge was the communication and not sitting there looking over the shoulder and just doing it
0: right right The
1: more tougher one was the belief of Alessandro fini of that upper he called it. The spoon, and it was, if if you look on the, like in the B-pillar area, that air intake, the yes, carbon fiber yeah, air intake, yeah, where, yeah. where the badge fulminia is sitting on, yeah. that panel was like a spoon reaching far into the roof area, and it was disattached to the body. So it was hovering. And he just had that vision of the air scoops, you know, getting more in and maybe we just move it up and it becomes an air brake, and all those type of things. You know mm-hmm. how a designer believes physics uh, is a different thing than, than <laughs> engineers know physics. And so it took us a long time and tough of convincing him that for this full scale prototype we're going to put in front of, international journalists and investors, we need to bring this flush to the body. Even if I personally like his thinking and his idea, it was so important that it becomes flush and elegant and doesn't stick out as a thorn of this design. And he was quite resistant. And at some point, he just gave in and said, like, okay, for this car, we do it. Let's review it later when we go into production. I think from a challenge point of view, that that was eventually the, the toughest nut to crack on a designer, even for me. But I tell you one thing what I learned in, throughout my career, and that is react and change in the moment you see something is wrong, mm-hmm. and then change it. And, and there's, there's two examples. I think the first time I realized it was in BMW when I created the 3 Series interior, and creating an interior dashboard in a studio environment, full-scale modeling, there is no road, there is no car around it. You just have the dashboard and some B-pillars. So I thought that the dashboard height, sitting towards the height and the, you know, how I look over the dashboard out to the outside right. is the right way of how I feel sitting in the car. When I was invited to come to Ashheim, which is the BMW's internal track testing and validation in Munich, I went out there and I was excited. I sit in the car and I said, like, I wanted to get the seat further down. And I said, why is the seat down? Something's wrong with the seat. I need to sit lower. Mm-hmm. So like, no, this is how it is. This is everything. But then the dashboard is mounted to, to low. This is not how it is. And then... I drove it. to, No, I, I don't believe this is not something is really wrong. Something's off. We went yeah. into the we, we we went into the CAD data, and everything was exactly how we always had. And I said, like, this need to change. <laughs> and they said, <still, laughs> we we cannot change this. I mean, we we would have to change the whole car. So I learned that this was way too late. But I I did not realize it. So from then on, I said, okay, whatever interior I create next, this will be a rolling prototype type of modeling thing where i wanted to define seating the seat travel where the the root of the windshield is how the dashboard top surface sits i i need to correct this out outside somewhere mm-hmm. you know it has to be different and and, and from Parma automotive on we did this outside we tested it and it was it And even then I didn't trust it, so I made the seat travelling or brought the dashboard even a little bit higher. So somehow I want to sit low in a car. This is I think what, what, what drives me. Nobody else had this issue but I had it. And then and so to set this up right, so I think one of my messages is if you feel something is wrong and strongly feel it's wrong, change it in the moment. If you wait a week, a month you will have to convince way more people, spend way more money to change this in the development process up until you cannot change it at all. I had a similar brutal reality about the shifter. If you look at the, at the early images online of the Fisker Karma interior shifter on the, in the center console, mm-hmm. which was a static shifter, and we had a rotation button on there for the, for the gear selector, it was in a certain size scale dimensionally. But then when we do this, the feasibility of it we realized it had to grew because the engineers need a circuit board in there la la la. Yeah. So at some point and I had a a designer a team member of mine Augusto working on it and it just grew and grew and I only reviewed it in the computer. And I said Augusto I have a very bad feeling that thing is growing remongous. I want that you just cut out print it out just make me a paper cut out of that thing. Yeah. And he he made this you know, in, in in ten minutes, we, we held it over sitting in the in the prototype, and I said, "Oh my God, I, I think I have to quit." You know, I, <laughs> I, I was to quit. I was I was I was <laughs> now I was so shocked. So Henrik Fisker walked into the room, and I talked to him straight, and we had a a, a super relationship. I said, "Henrik, I know I have to quit." He's like, "Alex, Alex, what, what's going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. going on?" And I said, "Like, I I, I think I failed." You know, Shifter. It's too huge. I don't even know what to do. We are so late in the process. It's like, what's going on? Show me. It's like, okay, let's. Okay, let's cancel this shift. And I said, like, what? <laughs> uh, I fly on Monday to Spain to talk with the CEO of, uh, of uh, Ficosa, there was the supplier for it. And in the meantime, I want you with the team figure out what the shift is going to be in the future. And I said, what are you Are you serious? I said, yeah, he's that serious. He trusted me that this is wrong. He saw it. It's wrong. We need to kill it right now. I need to come up right now yep. with a replacement office. Yeah. And so... We brainstormed, we started modeling in clay, that little, that little clear diamond, or pyramid, how we made it with the gear selection, where it pu- pushed selector, what became the production solution. Henrik flew to Spain, he convinced the, the CEO to change, to stop everything, and, and we shifted it around, and it was the only way how I really could Live on from that on it was just <laughs> without
0: so shocking, without going home. <laughs> yes. no, it's, it's, yeah, it's you know,
1: like let like you say, like what is the challenge, and it it haunts you down through your career, right? And and so my message to every young designer engineer who out there, if you feel this this is wrong, change it in the moment. Make everybody aware of this is wrong. Right. It will not turn out be something successful change it then in the moment that's my message
0: this is a wonderful story because it ties to so many things uh it ties to that conflict between design and engineering and it's why we end up with vehicles that we see in production that there's just stuff wrong with them and you go how was nobody thinking but the the more important lesson you dropped here the value bomb i hear is in anything if you're doing anything and it doesn't (laughs) feel right stop analyze it figure it out and change it because it just compounds. It's like telling uh, a lie and then it just grows and it grows and it grows. And by then it's like, I can't get out of this now. It's I'm too deep into it and it will haunt you forever. So I appreciate you taking us on a very, very interesting <laughs> road there. Now, I like to crawl into my guest's head a little bit here with this very philosophical question, especially designers like yourself. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, what would Alex be? But more importantly, why?
1: <laughs> well, I, I think I found it in the 550 Spider Porsche.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's like how you just ask me, it came spontaneous to my mind because it is. It is not too big. I, I'm not the big head guy, even if I think a lot, but I don't need to be the star for whatever reason. You know, my, my wife sometimes asked me like, like you did this. Like, why are you not? Why don't you go out there like all the other designers and claim it and be the same? I like, I don't know. I just enjoy creating it and I enjoy it when I see it and I enjoy when I'm not driving it. I just enjoy it more and I, I like to share it with others and, 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 and enjoy it. So mm-hmm. so I think it's it's I don't I would not be a too big, you know, grandiose type of vehicle. I, I think I keep myself fit so so it has muscles but it's still not a muscle car. Uh, it is open. I, I think I'm an open person. I have an open mind. Nice. You know, I love space. light you know i I cannot live in a cluttered you know like in close that's why i live love california so much in the outdoors and it has such a character you know it has a a, an awesome sound the car you know like not that i sound awesome but but you know i i I like to laugh loud with people and you you see i'm enthusiastic about it so so you, you might hear me in a party or, or, or somewhere, you might hear me talking. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm recognizable. I, I, I'm characteristic, maybe, yeah. in what I'm what I'm saying and doing. Uh, and, and so may, maybe this is what what I how I feel and and why I would be that.
0: I like it. You know, you you thought that through very nicely, Alex, and I appreciate that. And I think the word I would find here is humble, and there's nothing wrong with being humble while you love what you're doing. So I think that's great. Now, is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners? Because we always talk about great reading, great books. Is there one maybe that uh, you've read recently you'd like to share? Let
1: me think. I read it again. I, I read it earlier. It's a German book, uh, actually, and and it's called. It's from Stefan Ramler, German, um, and and he's a researcher about future future scenarios. And it's called Schubumkehr. It's German for um, um, what would that be? Thrust reversal. You know, like okay. Schubumkehr is like when a jet goes and uh-huh. it turns it the other way to to slow down. Thrust reversal. I'm not sure if it's in English available, but it's about the future of mobility.
0: Ah. Okay.
1: So Very cool. thrust reverse, you know, the future of mobility. It's awesome how he writes it, and I tell you why it's awesome. He writes in that book so many scenarios about the future holistically as essays. Mm. So he he describes a, a like a concept artist or a script for a movie about an, a hydrogen future and the vehicles around it and the infrastructure. But he describes it as if it is real and and he talks about airships like zeppelin a new era of zeppelins and how they are in berlin tempelhof at the airport you know the old Tempelhof a- Airport, how they all stack up and, and fill the sky, you know. So it's awesome, the book. Uh, I can recommend everybody who want to learn German <laughs> get the book and read it and translate it. Uh, but in today's world, I- I'm sure there's an English version somehow yeah. translated. It. So it's called Schub Umkehr, die Zukunft der Mobilität, Stefan Rammler. And then there's another fascinating book, I tell you, I I just got out because I wanted to look for certain things in terms of material science. And it's a book, it's an English book, I read it around the year 2000, and it's from John Brockman, Uh Brockman, K, is like a CK in the middle, Brockman, and the title is The Next 50 Years. And I always live in the future as designer, and it is, uh, there are essays, I think it's 25 essays about from the... 25 most world-leading scientists at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's very scientific, but it goes through mathematics and, and material science and energy and electricity and data. And so it's, it's also about 25 interview essay types reading about the future and what's going on in the in the secret research labs about uh nobel prize winners and and it's it's awesome but it's also very realistic so i like this type of stuff to to build in my in the back of my head, the future.
0: I love it. I'll make sure I put links to these books on Alex's show notes page. Just go to cars.com type in Alexander Klatt, K L A T T. And you'll find links to these books. We're going to take one more short break. We come back to finish up here with the ultimate drive. So keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back here at cars. Yeah. It's all about inspiration and our charity of choice is tech force foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers auto techs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. All right, we're back. We're going to go for the ultimate drive here. And this is what's fun about this question, Alex, is you get to pick the vehicle. You get to pick who you're with and perhaps where you're driving and what maybe you'll be talking about. (laughs) I'm kind of guessing this might be in this new Volmi, but I don't know. We'll see. So what does your ultimate drive look like?
1: Well, that's a very special one. And and it, it, it is related to the 550 because the 550, but not how you think it. So on the path of getting a 550, I was never successful. My wife always says, "Like this doesn't even have a rollover bar." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Well, you know, I see it as it is—a more safe motorcycle." <laughs> because I always wanted a motorcycle. She's like, "Again, no, no, no. your marketing—your
0: like, no. marketing's coming to play here, Alex."
1: <laughs> right, but 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 listen to this—I always loved the Jaguar D-Type. Ooh, and. And so, because, because I'm actually more a fan of the long dash to actual cars, you know, the long front hood cars, yeah. and the E-Type and the D-Type even more. So, one day, and it was so obvious, but I didn't get it in my head. So, having it always resonating my life, you know, how can I convince her? One day, I look at by chance at a jacket deeper, it's like, the D-Type! It's not the 550. It's the D type. It has the fin, the rollover protection. I don't need to. It is integrated, (laughs) integrated the right way. You know, I don't hate. You know, I hate those rollover bars. And I said it's the D type. So I gonna build the coolest, best replica I can find. You know, builder, how I can find it. So I found finally the racing replica. uh, I think they're called racing replicas in Michigan. Uh huh. Sure. I, I I get that contact. And they built them in all aluminum and stuff. And I, I got in contact with the, with the owner and I wanted to place the order and he wanted to have a third down. It's a hundred thousand dollar project. So he wanted a 33, 35 thousand dollars down as a down payment. I was ready. I had the money, wanted to do it and I fell over the black and red 550 yeah. online. And I said, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> so I got <laughs> torn apart. It's like, what am I doing? Anyways. Going back to what I miss out on my list is still a Jaguar D-Type, and I think what I'm dreaming of is, and I'm I'm fascinated about Malcolm Sayer, the uh, you know Malcolm Sayer, the the Jaguar designer yes. of the E-Type oh, yeah. and the D-Type and stuff. So so I think I dream of being with him in a Jaguar D-Type in Le Mans, driving in Le Mans, and talking with him about how did he come up with that beautiful automobile, and of course I would drive it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that company, RCR, Race Car Replicas, you're right, they're outside of Detroit, uh, built some pretty, pretty cool things. But I love the way this evolved for you a bit, uh, which is pretty darn special. So yeah, I don't think you could go wrong with either. But you're right. When I bought my back, my son, who was eight at the time, we flew to Long Beach Grand Prix. John Wilhoyt, who restores beautiful 356s, built that car for a client who kind of went belly up in his business and had to sell all his toys. And I got it for pennies on the dollar and when we took off Mm -hmm. from long beach i looked at john and i said well i think we've got everything and he said i can't believe you're driving this thing all the way back to gig harbor it's like 1500 miles (laughs) he goes there's no top there's no heater there's no radio no roll-up windows i mean the thing is so low it's like driving Mm -hmm. a race car for the street and i go yeah isn't that cool i said what else do i need and he said a good attitude (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we, we had a wonderful time. My son's never forgiven me for selling what he says was his car. It was the the trip of a lifetime for sure. Alex, we could talk for hours, but we got to run. But you've given us a wonderful lesson today on this incredible car by Automobile St- Strima. I mean, listeners, you got to go check this out. It is absolutely insane. Before I let you go, is there maybe a, a little word of wisdom you might leave us with, a little success quote or words of advice? Uh,
1: let me think. Well, there's one I always had a little bit of spirit about, uh, which is uh, it's actually a quote from Pablo Picasso. Ah, And he said once, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Because I, I, I feel I learned the rules throughout my whole professional career from being a designer, being an engineer, becoming a team leader, a leader in design, an executive, and so I, now I'm in the in the fun space with Franco, for example, but also with other i, I you know I have a consultancy, and i'm right now I'm sitting on in this role for Franco as the chief creative officer, uh, but I also have my own consultancy, so I, I I work on projects everywhere, and I think my thrive is to break the rules because I know where you can break them, yeah be successful, and where you better don't break the rules yep yeah, uh, or bend the rules at least, and the spirit of an artist where I believe an artist has always to keep up with the time, has always to know what's going on, has always to try and error things and in in, in experiment with new media and new software and new things to stay an artist and express yourself. But also don't forget about the beautiful media of the past and how you can express or impress somebody else with a creation. So so this is my spirit.
0: It's wonderful. And I'll put a link to their website, It. You can go and check out the vehicle. What is your your business website? Do you have a website for your consultancy?
1: I have one but I don't really use it. I started with my wife to use it more as a as a starting point for a fashion label and then we stopped. So LA Flavor you know i'm a german in california so i thought what is special about me in california and i thought la flavor would be kind of like fitting to the mindset and the uh-huh. cultural mix here okay <laughs> and so but the website yeah please go there but don't expect i talk about design or my projects or anything it's more the, the spirit eventually mm-hmm. so so go ahead l a f l a v r dot com. Got it. But the best about if you wanted to look up and connect with me is on LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn profile. See a lot of current uh, activities and posts uh, of myself in regards to automobile mobiles, but also former projects. A little bit about my my career, what I did before, so you find more about me, what I'm doing, and my contact uh, email address, so they're on
0: LinkedIn. All right, absolutely. I want to do a shout-out to Rafael Oporo at Studio RPR. He's the one who introduced me to Alexander and to the other teammates there at Estrema. Uh, So much fun. If you missed my talk with Franco, go back and listen to it on Cars. Yeah, it was just about a week or so ago. Uh, We had a wonderful talk, and of course, your other friend there is coming up soon, so we're going to have some wonderful times here on Cars Yeah! talking about this new car. Alex, hey, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing what you guys are doing. This is so exciting. Until you and I talk again, maybe one day we can take a drive in the Fulmia. I'll see you down the road. Yes,
1: we will, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. It was inspiring, the conversation.
0: Thank you very much. This was great. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah!